I love that video, but aren't you glad it isn't snowing anymore? Wow. <laughs> Amen. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So relax. Don't allow yourselves to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I added that relax in there. That's not in the actual text, but that's our topic this morning. In our continuing study through the book of Galatians, Live Free or Die, we come to Galatians chapter 5, Freedom to Relax. As Ben said, my name is Phil Yakey, or at least it used to be. Years ago, I was known as Phil Yakey, and then I went to Lincoln Christian College, and I met a cute little gal named Marion who knew everybody, and everybody knew her, and I became Marion's boyfriend. And I'm good with that. And then a couple of years ago, we moved to uh, Restoration House Ministries up in Manchester, and we would meet people at uh, Manchester Christian Church and around, and uh, since our youngest son, Mark, worked there for a while, he said, oh, okay, you're, you're, you're Mark's dad. I know you. Okay. And then we come here to, Re to uh, Rockingham Christian Church. Of course, everybody knows Brian, and Brian knows everybody, so yeah, I'm Brian's dad. And I'm good with that, too, so <laughs> I'm good with that. When... Uh, I mentioned to my wife, Marion, that my assigned topic was freedom to relax. Her first response was, what in the world do you know about relaxation? She calls me a briggle butt. I, I guess you can say that in church, okay. But, but she's right. I, I have trouble sitting still. I just got to be moving. I got to be doing something. Unless I'm dead tired, I, I just like to be out and about moving. But we're not necessarily talking about physical relaxation. We're talking more about spiritual relaxation. I don't know that the words relax or relaxation are even in the Scripture anywhere. But the idea is all over the Bible. It comes out in words like trust, peace, words like uh, rest. And it has more to do with relaxation of the soul than it does with relaxation of the body that, that's a that's a good topic too and we need to relax we need to learn to rest as as people as physical people but words words like like trust and and peace and rest are found throughout the scripture for example in psalm 23 david writes the lord is my shepherd I shall lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, a passage that we've heard several times throughout this series. Jesus himself says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This whole series of messages from Galatians has been aimed at helping us to find some freedom in Christ Jesus. Freedom from performance. Freedom from self-justification. Freedom from the worldly standards that others try to impose upon Christians. Freedom to, to help one another. 
to walk along with each other and grow in our faith. Chapter 5 has its own warnings along those lines. Ben's done a great job, I think, in this series of laying out, laying out both the fallacy and the frustration of rule-keeping and, uh, and religiosity. That's not Christianity. So I only want to touch on a, a few of the next verses. If you want to open your Bibles, it's on page 797 of the one there provided in the seat. We've also got it on the screen here. But um, Paul here is, is, is trying to get us to understand that, that, that we're not bound by rules. We're, there's no need for being religious. And he uses this uh, Hebrew practice of male circumcision as a kind of a shorthand for the entirety of Old Testament law. Don't go there, he says. He says things like in verse 2, Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. He says in verse 3, Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be, be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. See, when you go down that path, you've got to not make one mistake. He says in verse 4, You who are trying to be justified by law, you've been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. He says in verse 6, For in Christ neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value at all. The only thing that matters, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And it seems to me like he, 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 he talks about these Judaizers throughout and he kind of gets wound up in verse 4. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Whoa, Paul, back off. Relax. Take it easy. We know what you're saying. See, he's saying that Jesus has freed us from all of that. He's taken that out of the picture. So let's just trust Him in it. Let's just rest in Him. Let's just find some inner peace. Let's relax. But the question is, how do we do that? And I'm hoping that we can answer that question for you this morning. How do we find this relaxation in Christ Jesus? Verses 13 through 25, it seems to me, offers a sort of a secret formula for relaxation in Christ. It's really no secret at all. It's, it's all over the New Testament. Yet, we often fail to appropriate God's means of relaxation. And that's through His own Holy Spirit. Let's read His words and see if we can't find some help here. Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 13. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you'll be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are no, lo so that you are no longer to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. 
The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, sometimes called patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That verse 21 that we just read is the kind of sentiment that often keeps followers of Jesus tied up in knots regarding our salvation. After scribbling out that long list of terrible sins, Paul concludes with, I warn you that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And we say, ouch. We begin to peruse the list and get kind of worried, you know. If I lose my temper at the kids, you know, one of those fits of rage, have I lost my salvation? If a twins of jealousy sweeps over me because somebody at the office was elevated or raised up above me, am I in danger of hell? If there's discord for some reason with my neighbor, like over a boundary line or something like that, am I in danger of hell? If I catch myself having impure thoughts, well, you get the idea. Those, those personal setbacks can throw us into uncertainty, anxiety, inner turmoil, just the opposite of the thing that we want in Christ, peace and security and relaxation. So what do we often do? Well, we accuse ourselves, we, we beat ourselves up with guilt, and then we double down on the works. We try all the harder, trying to please the Lord. And therein, folks, lies the frustration with a performance-based belief system. It's a roller coaster of emotions. It is a teeter-totter of apprehension. Am I in? Am I out? Am I up? Am I down? You see, we never know. It is for freedom Christ has set us free. Do not let yourselves be burdened again by that kind of yoke of slavery. The antidote, I believe, for such anxiety is laid out in verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful flesh. You mean it's not by trying? It's not by working, it's not by striving, it's not my effort. No, not altogether. It's something God's Holy Spirit does in us. It's something God's Holy Spirit does for us as we allow Him to work in us. Perhaps a, a little thumbnail sketch of the Holy Spirit's work in the Christian is, is in place at this point. Many believers, I think, really don't have a good handle on what the Holy Spirit is and, and who, he does, who He is and, and what He does for the Christian. Even though every Christian receives the Holy Spirit at baptism, 
Acts 2.38 is very clear on that. Peter, as he was wrapping up his Pentecost Sunday, made the, uh, Pentecost sermon, made the statement, repent, be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, and you will, be, you will receive forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Every one of us who belong to Christ have the gift of God's Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, called the Spirit of God in, in Scripture, also called the Spirit of Jesus, He's not some Star Wars-like force, you know. He's not a hired hand. The Holy Spirit is God Himself indwelling us. Jesus, our Savior, living inside of us, walking with us. He's the one that enables us to live as the Lord wants us to live. It occurs to me, as I kind of think through the, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, what we oftentimes call the Trinity from Scripture. It occurs to me that the Holy Spirit is the only one of those three who has a, a, always a distinctively positive role with the human family. God the Father, well, He's the parent. Okay, He stands above us. And, and we see God the Father in a kind of a negative role sometimes. He's the one who lays out the rules, Old Testament, right? He's the one who dispenses judgment. Oftentimes, the Bible talks about the wrath of God. It's what every parent has to do, though we like it, though we don't like it. It's, it's something we have to do. So, so the Father can come off sometimes as a kind of a negative role. Now, Jesus, our, our Savior, coming from heaven to earth as, as a human being, he's got a kind of a mixed bag, both positive and negative. He's our Savior. He died on the cross for us. He paid the price for our sins. That's overwhelmingly positive. But he himself also said in, in John chapter 5, because I came to be your Savior, if you will not receive what I've done for you, then I stand as your judge. And that's a decidedly negative role. But the Holy Spirit, on the other hand, is one that doesn't stand above us. He's not even necessarily one beside us. He indwells us. He becomes a part of us. And He's always portrayed as one who has a helpful influence over us. Someone who has a positive effect. And again, I, I say that he's the, uh, the prerogative of every Christian. When Jesus was here on this earth, and, and he was promising to send his Holy Spirit, he said, i got to leave. I, I can't stay with you. But when I leave, I will, send your Holy, I will send my Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit, he said, would do things like, I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. And to be with you forever. See, that partner. In John 14, 26. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. He will remind you of everything that I have said to you. And finally, in John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is very much a partner with us in this walk here on this earth so the question is then 
What does the Holy Spirit have to do with our freedom to relax? It's simply this, friends. Christian character, which God desires to develop in us, Christian character comes about more by cooperating with the inner promptings of the Holy Spirit than it does by struggling to be more religious or being stricter to the rules. Developing those those virtues that distinguish the life given over to Christ and avoiding those characteristics that mark someone who has no interest in Christ is a matter of allowing Jesus' Holy Spirit to do the work in us that He was given to accomplish. So relax. Just be quiet and listen to the Holy Spirit. Relax. Just be still. And let the Holy Spirit move you where God wants you to go. It is telling, I think, that... At the conclusion of his list of characteristics, Paul calls fruit of the Spirit. He says, against such things, there is no law. Now, under the Old Covenant, God commanded against all of that other list, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, anger. Don't do that, the Old Covenant says. There were laws against such things. But when it comes to these fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control, He gives those away. They're, They're free from His Holy Spirit that dwells within. Now, I don't mean to be blasphemous, but it seems to me that not even God Himself can legislate joy or peace or kindness or gentleness. But His Holy Spirit can bring that fruit out of us just in the same way that God can put cherries on a cherry tree or peaches on a peach tree or apples on an apple tree. Imagine with me for a moment some naughty old apple tree out in the orchard growing and he gets all twisted up inside about producing apples. He grunts and groans and strains and strives. And he thinks to himself, if I don't produce apples, somebody's going to come out here and cut me down and smoke some bacon with me. What would we say to a tree like that? Relax, Granny Smith. You're an apple tree, for heaven's sakes. Just grow. Just do what God created you to do. And the appleness inside of you is going to put apples out on those branches. Just relax. See, if we're born again, to use Jesus' words from John chapter 3, if we are born of the Spirit, to use those same words, then God's own Spirit within us that we have received at baptism is going to produce the fruit of the Spirit that Jesus so desires. So we can relax. No amount of religiosity will do it. No amount of rule-keeping will do it. Fruit of the Spirit, the, the Christian life only comes about by God's Holy Spirit within inside of us producing that fruit. I see cooperation with uh, Jesus' Holy Spirit to be a lot like 
driving between the lines on, on the highway. Th those lines represent what Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount as God's straight and narrow way. You remember he talked about that? Stay on that straight and narrow way. To the degree that we cooperate with God's Holy Spirit, we live within God's will. And there is joy, there's fulfillment, there's contentment, there's happiness in living the way the Lord wants us to live. Outside of those lines, there's regret, there's disappointment, there's frustration. So we want to live within those lines. And the Holy Spirit always enables us, if we will listen, if we will cooperate, to stay within those lines. I love to drive. I, I, I just love to get out on the highway and see the miles. I think I should have been a trucker. I think that's what I should have done with my life. I don't know. I drive a school bus, but it's not the same. School bus driving would be fun if it weren't for the kids, you know. But we won't go there. But anyway, I love to drive. And the problem is I love to sightsee while I drive, much to my wife's discontent. She says, i got to take three looks at everything. I, maybe she's right, I guess. Well, last year we had some friends come out from central Illinois, the Flatlanders, you know. And so we're thinking, well, what are we going to do with our friends? What, what, what sites are we going to see? So we hit on the idea of driving up Mount Washington. Have you done that yet? Huh? You got your bumper sticker? I, this car's been up Mount Washington. We've got one, but I don't put it on the car. But at any rate, you know, that, that Mount Washington Road, that is, that is something. If you're not a praying person, you will be on that trip. I, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm serious. Jack and Jeannie, our friends, were kind of quiet in the back seat, I noticed. And I don't know, for some reason, uh, as we were driving up this, this road, I kept hearing this little voice, sounded like it was in the seat right beside me, saying, keep it between the lines. Keep it between the lines. See, that's how the Holy Spirit relates to us, folks. That's how He works. He's that tiny voice back in the back of our minds that says, hmm, is that really what Jesus would do? Sometimes He yells out, danger, warning, don't go there. Surely the Holy Spirit is that little voice that says, you're doing okay, hang in there, don't give up. The end is near, you're going to go home soon. See, the, the Christian life is not like a train on railroad tracks. You know, a, a locomotive doesn't have a steering wheel. You just go right on the tracks. That is not what the Lord Jesus wants of us. He grants us the free will to deviate from His straight and narrow, to drive outside of the lines if we choose to. Paul even acknowledges that in this text, doesn't he? In verse 13, he says, Do not use your freedom to indulge your flesh. Our Savior gives us the freedom to do that if we want to. We can veer outside of the Lord's will just as surely as we can drive outside of the lines on Mount Washington Auto Road. That's our freedom in Christ Jesus. He only wants followers who have the option to choose against Him, but choose to choose for Him. Understand what I'm saying? He wants us to be free to choose Him or not to choose Him. But of course, to choose Him. 
The wise traveler on the Mount Washington Auto Road soon discovers that the trip is a lot more enjoyable if they stay within the lines. Woo! And the wise Christian, follower of Christ, soon learns to listen to God's Holy Spirit. He's not restrictive, as, as, as people often say. The Holy Spirit leads us into joy because He leads us into God's way. The prescription for resting in Christ Jesus, verse 18, if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So don't be anxious about it. Verse 16, verse 25, since we live by the, the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Just listen to Him and cooperate. Verse 16, live by the Holy Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Relax and perhaps discover a little joy and contentment in your walk with Him. The same gentleman who wrote this letter to the Galatians, Paul the Apostle, also wrote one to the Corinthians. And in his second letter to them, he says, He has anointed, speaking about Jesus now, He has anointed us, He has set His seal of ownership on us, He has put His Spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Do, do you hear what that says? When you feel the tug of God's Holy Spirit saying, here's the way the Lord wants you to go. When you feel Him convicting you, that's not the way the Lord wants you to go. When you sense that little voice saying, hang in there, don't quit, don't give up. That's God exercising His deposit upon you, guaranteeing your salvation. We can be assured by that. That God our Father is with us and that Jesus our Savior is going to come back and take us home with Him in due time. So relax. Enjoy your faith.